Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again. Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me, as always, my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. You okay? You know what day it is. What's today? The NFL Draft. It's Draft Day, baby! So I'm so excited, but first we've got to do some worldwide sports talk. Let's do it, brother. Are you ready to dive in? Yes, let's dive in. Let's dive in. We're gonna I don't sp- know if we can dive into this, but you know, it might hurt. Yeah, diving into an ice rink would probably hurt a lot, <laughs> but we're going to do our best anyways to avoid a concussion. So here we go with the NHL standings. In the Central Division, the Hurricanes lead at 32, 10, 7, and 71 points. The Panthers right behind them at 32, 14, 5, and 69 points. Chris is our Cooper's favorite number. Lightning, 33, 14, 2, and 68 <laughs> points. Predators, 27, 22, 2, and 56 points. The Stars are 21, 16, 12, and 54 points. The Blackhawks are 22, 22, 5, and 49 points. The Red Wings, 17, 25, 9, and 43 points. The Blue Jackets are 18, 25, 10, and 42 points. In the, East, in the East Division, the Capitals lead that division at 32-13-4 and 68 points. The Penguins right behind them at 32-15-3 and, and 67 points. The New York Islanders are 29-15-5 and, and 63 points. The Bruins are behind them 28-14-6 and 62 points. The New York Rangers are 28-8 or 26, sorry, and 18 and 6 and 58 points. The Flyers are 22 27 and 51 points. The New Jersey Devils are 15, 27, 7, and 37 points. And the Buffalo Sabres are 13, 37, and 33 points. And the North Division, or as we call it, the Canadian Division, because it all is Canada teams. The Maple Leafs are 31, and 13, and 5, 67 points. The Oilers are 29, 16, 2, and 60 points. The Jets are 27, 19, 3, and 57 points. The Canadians are 21, 18, and 9, and 51 points. The Flames are 21, 
24, 3, and 45 points. The Senators are 19, 27, 4, and 42 points. The Canucks are 19, 21, 3, and 41 points. And in the West Division, the Golden Knights are 35, 11, and 2 with 72 points. The Avalanche, 31, 12, 4, and 66 points. The Wild, 31, 14, and 3, 65 points. The Blues, 22, 19, 6, and 50 points. The Coyotes are 21, 24, 5, and 47 points. The San Jose Sharks are 20, 24, 5, and 45 points. The LA Kings, 18, 23, 6, and 42 points. And my poor lowly little Anaheim Ducks, 15, 28, 7, and 37 points. Moving on to the soccer tables. In the Premier League, Manchester City still leads that league right now at 24, 5, and 4, and 77 points. Manchester United's right behind them at 19, 10, and 4, and 67 points. Leicester City is 19, 5, and 9 with 62 points. Chelsea, 16, 10, 7, and 58 points. And West Hampton United is 16, 7, 10, and 55 points. In La Liga, Atletico Madrid is 22, 7, 4, and 73 points. Real Madrid is right behind them at 21, 8, 4, and 71 points. Barcelona tied in points with Real Madrid at 22, 5, and 5. Seville is 22, 4, 7, and 70 points. And Real Sociedad is 14, 11, 8, and a staggering 53 points. So 17 points behind Seville. Whew, that's a lot of points to be down. Yeah, it is. In the Bundesliga, the German league, Bayern Munich is 22, 5, and 4, and 71 points. RB Leipzig is 19, 7, 5, and 64 points. VfL Wolfsburg is 16, 9, and 6, 57 points. Eintracht Frankfurt is 15, 11, 5, and 56 points. And Brew Russia Dortmund is 17, 4, 10, and 55 points. In the French League, Lille is 21, 10, 3, and 73 points. Uh, Paris Saint Germain, 23, 3, and 8, 72 points. Uh, Monaco is 22, 5, and 7, and 71 points. Lyon is 19, 10, 5, and 67 points. Lens is 15, 11, 8, and 56 points. In Italian Series I, uh, Internazionale is 24, 7, and 2, and 79 points. Atalanta is 28 and 5, six point, or 68 points. Napoli, Juventus, and Milan all have 66 points. Napoli is 21, 3, and 9. Juventus is 19, 9, and 5. And Milan is 26 and 7. Mexico. Um, still the same standings as last time. I didn't realize that when I did it. So, if you forgot last time when we talked about the Mexican League, it is Cruz Azul. 13, 1, and 2, and 40 points. America is 11, 2, and 3, and 35 points. Puebla is 7, 6, and 3, and 27 points. And Monterey and Santos have the same exact record at 7, 4, 5, and 25 points each. We have the official start of the Major League Soccer here in the United States. So, here we go. The top five in each conference. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it, brother. All right. Um, Montreal is... One, one, zero, and four points. Same as Atlanta United in New England. New York City FC is one, zero, one, and three, as well as Inter Miami um, CF. The LA Galaxy are currently leading the Western Conference at a nice two, zero, and zero, and six points. And the Seattle Sounders, LA FC, Sporting Kansas City, and Vancouver are all one and one and zero and four points. Makes my job a lot easier when I can just do it that way. <laughs> right. Because I just barely got started, obviously. Moving on. And if you guys wonder, the reason why, you know, Big Man does all this, he can read through it a lot faster than I can. Yeah. So there you go. 
So, are you ready for the world golfing rankings? Let's do it, bro. Starting with the women, ranked number one in the world is Jin Young Ko from Korea, and she has 483.47 points. Number two ranked in the world, NB Park from Korea, has 377.09 points. Number three, Si Young Kim from Korea has 445.56 points. How in the world she's not number two is beyond me. Number four, N uh, Nelly Korda from the United States has 383.59 points. Number five is Brooke M. Henderson from Canada, 344.36 points. Number six is Danielle Kang, USA, 310.86 points. Uh, let's see here. Number seven is Lydia Ko from New Zealand, 282.97 points. Uh, number eight in the world, Lexi Thompson from the United States, 240.57 points. Number nine in the world, Haiju uh, Kim, Korea, 247.49 points, which doesn't make sense to me. And number ten, Minji Lee, Australia, 261.74 points. How she's behind the other two is beyond me as well. I don't know, because if you think if you have more points, you should be higher ranked. But that's just me. In the men's golf rankings, ranked number one in the world right now is Dustin Johnson from the United States with 456.94 points. Number two is Justin Thompson from, or Tom's, Thomas uh, from the United States with 431.65 points. John Rahm from Spain has 425.73 points and is in third. Number four, Xander Schaffele from the United States with uh, 341.56. For some reason behind him, Bryson DeChambeau from the United States with 353.02 points. Behind him at number six, Colin Morikawa from the United States, 330.19 points. Number seven, Patrick Reed from the United States, 319.76 points. Uh, number eight, Terrell Hatton from England, 298.56 points. Number nine, Webb Simpson, USA, 260.06 points. And number ten, Brooks Kepka has made his way to the top ten for the United States, 230.01 points. Now for the FedEx Cup rankings. Justin Thomas leads the FedEx Cup rankings, so he's not number one in the world, but right now on the playoff system, he's leading the charge. He has 3,970 uh, 3, points. Dustin Thomas, uh, that's supposed to be Dustin Johnson. I don't know why I put Thomas. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was my bad. Has 3,025 points. Colin Mo uh, Morikawa has 2,917 points. Bryson DeChambeau at number four, 2,643 points. Webb Simpson at number five has 2,600 points. Xander Schaffele at number six has 2,579 Number seven, Daniel Berger, 2535. Number eight, Patrick Reed, 2359. Number nine, Patrick Cantley, 2109. And number 10, Harris English, 2102. The reason why I didn't put their countries, it was all United States, all the way down the board. So I was like, I'm sure you don't want to hear me say USA a bunch of times. USA, USA. USA. Oh. We won't get into that. We won't be mean. So moving on to the world of boxing, the rankings and champions. Are you ready? Let's do it. Men's pound-for-pound pound ranking goes as number one, Terrence Crawford with a 37-0 record. Number two is Canelo Alvarez, 55-1-2. Number three, Naoa Inuo, 20-0. Uh, number four, Earl Spencer Jr., 27-0. And number five, Tiafimo Lopez Jr., 16-0. The women's pound-for-pound pound rankings. Number one is Clarissa Shields at 11-0. Number two, Katie Taylor at 17-0. Number three, Jessica McCaskill, 41-1. Number four, Amanda Serrano, 41-1 and one as well. And number five, Delphine uh, Pearson, 44-3. and three. 
Unfortunately, I was unable to find the women's champion, so it's a little irritated, so I just stuck with the men's. Sorry I got about that. If anybody's offended, I'm not trying to offend anyone with that. I'll do better next week. The men's heavyweight champion for the WBO, IBF, and WA championship titles are is not are is Anthony Joshua at 23 and one. The WBC heavyweight champion is Tyson Fury at 30 0 and one. In the cruiserweight division, WBO is Lawrence O'Keeley. IBF is Maris Bredis at 27 and one, and Lawrence O'Keeley uh, is 16 and 0. The WBA champion is Arsene Gula Miririan at 26-0. And the WBC is Ilunga Makabu at 28-2. The light heavyweight champion for the WBO is Joe Smith Jr. at 27-3. IBF and WBC champion is Archer Beaterbeeve at 16-0. And WBA champion is Dimitri Bivol at 17-0. In the super metal, uh, metal. I said metal like I did last week. Super middleweight championship. Here we go. The super metalweight, baby. What's up? Rock on. <laughs> super metalweight. WBO champion is Billy Joe Saunders at 30-0. IBF is Caleb Plant at 21-0. And WBA and WBC is Canelo Alvarez, 55-1-2. and two. Whew. Moving on to the UFC, baby. Let's do it. Pound for pound chan- uh, rankings. The top five for each men's and women's. We're starting with the men. We have number one ranked Kamaru Usman at 19-1. and one. Number two is John Jones, or John Bones Jones, if you know him better that way, at 26-1-1. Number three is Israel Adesanya at 20-1. Number four, Francis Naganu uh, at 16-3. And, and number five is Alexander Volkanovsky at 22-1. and one. In the women's pound-for-pound pound rankings, number one, of course, still at number one, Amanda, Amanda Nunez, 21-4. Number two, Valentina Shevchenko, 21-3. Number three, Chris Cyborg at 23-2. Number four, jumping over former champion Zhang Vili, uh, is Rose Namajunas at ten and four, and number five Zhang Weili twenty one and two. The men's championships we just did the top four titles because the women only have four title weights, so I figured that was fair. <laughs> yeah. At the heavyweight is Francis Naganu at sixteen and three. Light heavyweight champion is Young Blachowicz at uh, twenty eight and eight. Middleweight uh, champion is Israel Adesanya. And welterweight is Kamaru uh, Usman at 19-1. In the women's championship, the featherweight and bantamweight still are held by Amanda Nunez at 21-4. Flyweight champion, who just defended her title at UFC, 26, uh, UFC 261, Valentina Shevchenko at 21-3. And the new strawweight champion, who just won it at UFC 261, Rose Namahunas at 10-4. Uh, and four. We'll be discussing that. In just a little bit. But first, we're going to go back and talk a little bit of hockey. Let's do it. Though the Vegas Knights are on fire right now, and hopefully they don't melt the ice because of it, as they have won 10 straight games. They are the hottest team in the league and seem prepared to take this momentum into the playoffs. Of course, there will be plenty of competition as the defending champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, have secured a playoff spot along with a few others. We are still, of course, waiting confirmation from the league on what to expect when the North Division advancer has to take on other opponents from one of the other divisions when they reach the Final Four. 
So until we get that squared away, but Cooper, what do you think of the Vegas Golden Knights and their 10-game win streak? Man, like you said, it's hot, buddy. It's mm. hot. It's hot down there, up there, over there in Vegas. Down there, over there. Anywhere kinda, over there in that Vegas it's area. Kinda, yeah, it's over there. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, it's hot, man. That, that's cool, dude. Uh, you know, to get that many wins, that, that means something. That means you're playing right. That means your players are are good, they're healthy, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, we d- talked about this last week as the Golden Knights are one of those rare expansion teams that started off really well, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup in their first time. Um, they've been kind of derailed a little bit, you know. You know, everybody was kind of derailed last year with the pandemic, so uh, the Lightning got um, basically an advantage. I would not say total advantage. I mean, I guess some people look at it as an advantage. I viewed as everybody was, is technically on playing even field be, play, even playing ice I guess in this case because there was no fans for anybody all in one arena and they all had that same um, situation so uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing though how the Stanley Cup playoffs go it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, hopefully we'll hear soon from the league about whether or not what's going to happen with the North Division because it sounds like they're probably going to have to play a neutral site if they have a technical home series in the Final Four. Yeah. So we're going to move on real quick over to Major League Soccer, which started this past week. The Columbus Crew Soccer Club looks to defend its title. LA, uh, right now, though, LAFC is the current betting favorite to win this year's MLS Cup. LAFC has seemed to easily bypass LA Galaxy since its inception, fan-wise. They have been drawing better attendance, and for the Galaxy to be relevant anymore, it usually takes them to sign a big-name star, usually from one of the European leagues like La Liga or Premier yeah. League or something like that. So, Cooper, your thoughts on this year's MLS season starting up? Yeah, this is cool, man. I mean, hey, got to love that football. Right? Football. Football. We're watching different football tonight. Well, not really even football. It's just the draft for <laughs> that football, but... Yes, baby! We'll take football any way we can get it, dang it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the boxing world real quick as Floyd Money Mayweather will make his return to the ring on June 6th. He'll be taking on YouTube's social media influ- influencer turned professional boxer Jake Paul. The fight will take place at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. The bout was originally scheduled for February but was postponed indefinitely until this past Tuesday's announcement due to the pandemic, obviously. Uh, Mayweather had retired from boxing after defeating Conor McGregor in a, by a 10th round TKO in 2017 as a T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. So, once again, Mr. Cooper, Bob Boxing World is writing Floyd Mayweather a check he cannot refuse to put on the boxing gloves once again. Gotta do what you gotta do, man. Make that money. He is Floyd Money Mayweather, so... Yes, sir, as long as you're willing to pay him. some dollar signs at him, he'll get in that ring. Mm-hmm. Well, you've seen it personally. We watched WrestleMania when he took on the Big Show. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, he, <laughs> he gave the Big Show a good, nice right hook with that. Yes, he did. Brass knucks. <laughs> it was a fun watch. <laughs> it was also kind of fun. He did get a little ragdolled for, for a few seconds, which was kind of fun to watch, too. Oh, yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. Okay. I was like, "Come on!" I knew we all kind of knew the, the big show was going to lose. Is with with money Mayweather is you love him and you hate him. Well, it's he, either you love him or you hate him. Well, he's one of the type of guys that likes to run his mouth mm-hmm. a lot, dude. And yeah. but like, he can back it up. That's why it was so cool to see him versus 
Conor McGregor because they are two the both hottest mics in their yes in their sports yes. Um, I'm a little disappointed though we never got uh, Money Mayweather into the octagon for a rematch with Conor McGregor. But yeah, I think this kid is getting a run for his money. He's gonna be. Yeah, there's a reason why Mayweather is also undefeated in his boxing career. Uh, he, he's biting off more than he can chew, dude. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we gave McGregor a puncher's chance only because McGregor had a boxing background in MMA. And he's he's a fighter. So and, yeah. and he was a legit he, he's fighter. He's a legit fighter. So. so, Paul, look out for Money Mayweather, man. He... He might. This might be one of the few times we actually see Money Mayweather on the offense more than he is now, on the defense. Now this will be one I want to see because I just want to watch him get knocked out like in the first <laughs> round, dude. Yeah, I, I'm not the type that likes to see stuff like that, but with boxing, mm-hmm. that, that was one of the reasons why I like Mike Tyson because he could just go in there, pop, you're you're done, dude. Right. All right, so you ready to move on to the octagon? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so UFC from the um, from the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, did not disappoint fans of the sport. Cameroon Usman was able to retain his welterweight championship against Jorge Masvidal in their second bout against each other. Usman won via TKO in the second round. Valentina Shevchenko was also able to retain her flyweight championship with a TKO also in the second round, defeating challenger Jessica Andrade. But it would be Zhang, v- uh, Zhang Weili, who would be the only defending champion to be unable to retain their championship. As Rose, the thug, Namahun- Namajunas, pulling off the stunning upset with a first round TKO. So Cooper, your thoughts from UFC 261. Dude, there was some hard hitting. Uh, you and I watched the, the, the slow replay playback on yeah. the highlights. Woo! Dude, they were swinging for the fences, brother. Everybody came out They were the freaking slobber knocker all over the place, hitting each other, putting each other in Kimura locks, just mm-hmm. all sorts of crazy yeah. stuff. And we had an attempted triangle chokehold. It was amazing. It was fantastic. Oh, man. It was I love bad, it. dude. It was cool, though, dude. Like... I was thinking, man, why didn't we, you know, why didn't we do this? This would have been cool to go see. Yeah, uh, I think if we were paid more attention and had a better understanding that it was in Jacksonville, it would definitely would have been worth it trying to go over there and watch. Definitely. Especially since we are only an hour out of Jacksonville. Yep. All right, so UFC's parent company, Endeavor, is now publicly tra- is a now publicly traded company, by which this makes UFC a tradable company. Um, at the opening bell, the stocks cost uh, $24 per, and when the final bell rang on the New York Stock Exchange, the closing cost was $25.20 per stock. Endeavor had originally planned to start the IPO in 2019, but backed out at the last minute, claiming that there was not enough demand. The company, though, has reported a $625 million in losses during the 2020 from the pandemic, despite $3.5 billion in revenue. So obviously their projection yeah. was... Over four billion, but because of the pandemic, they took a six hundred twenty-five dollar net loss. I mean that—that's everybody's taking a hit from all from this pandemic, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's that's really cool, dude. I'm like, I remember when you told me, I was like, dude, we should we should think about it, dude. We right. should think about investing in this because, you know, UFC isn't going anywhere. No, it's so, not. Uh, it, it's and people love it. And for in most cases, for a lot of people, it's probably really, uh, for the most part, replace the sport of boxing. Yeah. 
because yeah. you get you have more heavyweights, which people really love the power the heavyweights put on. Oh yeah, um, you get a lot of crazy shit with the with the lighter weights. You know, they'll run off cages, Superman punching, and you're just like, what the hell did we just witness? German suplexes, all sorts of mm-hmm. crazy, just... I yeah. love it, dude. It's it's fantastic. I, 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 I watched them highlights, I was like, ooh, right. buddy. Like, you know, I know I say what I do about the fact that I don't like watch, or I won't pay for it because, you know, it's, it's like you could be paying, like, 60 bucks for... For a uh, match that, you know, you, you see in in, like, 30 seconds. Good thing they have, like, 12 fights on the freaking card, you know. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about maybe giving it another shot. What do you think? Yeah, I think definitely we're going to have to you know, pay more attention to the sport um, as as we move on through our career with the uh, podcast, especially. I think so, dude. All right, sir. So, one more little sort of USC tidbit news. Conor McGregor has sold the majority stock of his whiskey company, Proper Number 12, to Proximo Spirits, who had already held 49% stock in the company. The sale needed McGregor a cool $600 million. McGregor has shown some business savvy outside the octagon, which would make some wonder if McGregor will actually ever step inside it again. Cooper, your thoughts on the sale and whether or not Conor McGregor steps steps foot inside the octagon. That's all i got to say is... uh, that's business savvy, baby, and that's mm-hmm. cool right there. Um, for Conor McGregor, I think the one of the things I love about him most of all is he is a scrappy fighter. He's an Irishman. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he come from the gutter, come all the way up. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I love it because he runs his mouth, but he backs this shit up. Yeah. And and sometimes he doesn't even run his mouth, and I've noticed. I've noticed as he's gotten older, mm-hmm. he's a little bit less. He lets everybody run their mouth. Yeah, and he lets his fight now. And he just kind of, kind of smiles at him now, <laughs> like, "Okay, dude." Yep. So, yeah, man, I would love to see Conor McGregor back. Heck, mm-hmm. I would love to see Conor McGregor in the WWE, dude. I mean, honestly, think about it. Having him come to WWE, mm-hmm. that would be pretty sweet. And he put some prestige on either the Intercontinental or United States titles. Yeah, he'd even he'd even do good with the WWE title. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for I mean, I'm not saying he would be a mid card player. I'm just saying to start off as oh, a champion. Oh yeah, definitely to start and, off and maybe. then make his way up to the higher Universal or oh, WWE definitely, dude. I, and I know there's been talks that he could, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I, I mean, he definitely has the charisma for it. But, oh, yeah, uh, he easily has the this, charisma for this, it. Uh, this business transaction here, this this set him up, dude. Yes, sir. This is really cool. Um, hats off to him, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so this Saturday, May 1st, will be the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. During the pandemic that was 2020, the horse race was postponed to September 5th. But as we continue to make our way back to normalcy... This year's Kentucky Derby is expected to start as normal on the first Saturday of May. This year's favorite is Essential Quality at 2 to 1 odds. Essential Quality is owned by Gold, uh, Godolphin LLC, was trained by Brad H. Cox, and will be jockeyed by Louis Sayas, who will be looking for his first Kentucky Derby win. And also, I have the list of posts. So, are you ready for the r- rundown of the posts? 
Next page, sir. Yeah, sure. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I put it on the back page. <laughs> I got you. So, the Kentucky Derby. Post one, known agenda, owner, St. Elias Stable, trainer, Todd A. Pletcher, jockey, Ired Ortiz, junior, odds are 6-1. to one. At post two, like the King, M Racing Group, Wesley A. Ward, and ridden by Drayden Van Dyke at 50-1 odds. At the third post, Brooklyn Strong, Mark Schwartz is the owner, uh, Velasquez Daniel is the trainer, and Umberto Rispoli is the jockey, also 50-1 odds. Number four, keep me in mind, Cypress Creek LLC is the ownership group, Robertino Diordoro is the trainer, and David Cohen is the jockey, also 51-1 odds. At the five post, St. Hood, uh, owner, CHC Inc., Trainer, also Todd A. Pletcher. And jockey, Corey, uh, Corey J. Lannery at 50-1 to 1 odds as well. At the sixth post, O. Bessos is the horse. L. Barrett Bernard is the owner. Gregory D. Foley is the trainer. And Marcelino Pedroza is the 20-1 to 1 odds favorite. At number seven, Mandal- uh, Mandaloon. Not, I think that might be a word play on Mandalorian. The Mandalorian <laughs> could be. I mean, some of these actually are award plays for other things, um, and we'll discuss one here in a little bit. Uh, Jude Monte Farms is the ownership group. Brad H. Cox is the trainer. Wait, am I reading? Yeah, I'm reading that right. Florent Guru is the jockey, and they are 15 to 1 odds. At the number eight spot, Medina Spirit is the horse. Uh, Zidane Racing Stables is the ownership group. Infamous trainer Bob Baffert and jockey John R. Velasquez at 15 to 1 odds. At the number 9 spot, Hot Rod Charlie, owned by Roadrunner Racing, trained by Doug F. O'Neill, and Flavian Pratt is the jockey with 8 to 1 odds. At the 10 spot, Midnight Bourbon from Winchill Thoroughbreds LLC. Stephen N. Osmussen is the trainer, and Mike E. Smith is the jockey at 20 to 1 odds. At the 11th post, Dynamic One uh, is owned by Repul Stable, also trained by Todd A. Pletcher, and Jose L. Ortiz is the jockey, also 20 to 1 odds. At the number 12 position, Helium, owned by DJ Stable LLC, Mark E. Casse is the, or Cass, I'm guessing, it could be Casse or Cass, I'm not sure, um, is the trainer, and Julian R. Uh, Leperu is the jockey. And they are 50 to 1 odds. At the 13 post, Hidden Stash is the horse. BBN Racing LLC. Trained by Victoria H. Oliver. And ran by Rafael Bajarano at 50 to 1 odds. Of course, as we mentioned from the 14 post, the favorite essential quality by Goldolphin LLC. Brad Cox Trainer and Luis says the jockey at 2 to 1 odds. At 15, Rock Your World from Hronis Racing LLC, own, uh, trained by John W. Sadler, and going to be rode by Joel uh, Rosario at 5-1 to one odds, making them, I believe, the second favorite. Uh, one of the name plays that I was talking about, King Fur- uh, Fury, named after Tyson Fury, the boxer that we were discussing a little while ago, who will be at the sporting event this weekend. Fern Circle Stables owns them. Kenneth G. McPeak is the trainer. And Brian Joseph Hernandez Jr. is the rider and 20 to 1 odds. 
At number 17, Highly Motivated, uh, owned by Clarevich Stables, Inc., trained by Chad C. Brown, and Javier Castellano is the rider in 10 to 1 odds. Number 18 post is Superstock, owned by Irv Woosley. Stephen M. As Asmussen is also the trainer. Ricardo Santana Jr. is the rider at 30 to 1 odds. Number 19, I believe also a woman's favorite name, a soup and a sandwich, their favorite lunch. <laughs> wow. When you go to a restaurant. Live Oak Plantation is the owner, which I believe that's local here for Florida, Live Oak Plantation. Nice. Mark E. Cass is the trainer, and Tyler Gaffleone is the rider at 30 to 1 odds. And 20 is uh, Bourbonic. Calumut Farm is the ownership group. Todd A. Pletcher, the trainer. And Kendrick Caramouchier, the jockey, at 30 to 1 odds. Cooper, your thoughts on the Kentucky Derby? Dude, this is going to be awesome, man. Uh, you and I have, have recently gotten a chance to actually watch some, some you know, horse racing and stuff over the past summer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very prestigious, the Kentucky Derby. And uh, it's going to be awesome, dude. Also, a little tidbit for Saturday. It's my grandma's birthday. There you go. Yeah. So happy birthday, Grandma. I hope it's heard around the world. I love you. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, man. Kentucky Derby, that's what's up. And I guess we'll have to be uh, rooting for a uh, home favorite, the soup and sandwich, right? <laughs> the soup and sandwich? Yeah. The local favorite? The local favorite. There you go. <laughs> At 30 to 1 odds. Right? Yeah. Though also, I wouldn't also I might have a little soft spot for two others. Uh, Medina Spirit, only because they're running from the eight post, which was mom's favorite number, and also Hidden Stash, which is mine and dad's favorite number. Got all them. All right. So one little final tidbit here. Some news came out from the NCAA as they recently announced a contract extension of President Mark Emmert. Emmert has been a very polarizing figure since becoming president in 2010. He has led a very turbulent presidency that's had a lot of people questioning this move from the NCAA. He has been a steadfast against paying the student-athletes for their for their name, image, and likeness. Even having been quoted as that the NCAA is determined to keep the amateur status of the student-athletes. This, of course, was due to the NIL law that was begun being passed in some of the states, the biggest being California, and soon to be followed suit by Florida and Texas. At some point, Congress will even take a look into the, a national NIL law, which is a name, image, and likeness law, which would benefit student-athletes garnering, garnering monetized benefits for their name, image, or likeness. These laws, will have, these laws have prompted Electronic Arts, also known as EA, the video game creator, to explore the return of their classic NCAA football, college football game or a variation of it, depending on how these laws go with each state or as it becomes a national law. Cooper, um, uh, I've never cared for Mark Emmerich. Um, I don't like how he and pretty much all the universities have made billions off college football, off of college basketball, men's and women's. We just recently had... Um, issues with the women's tournament um, this past March um, in basketball when it was pointed out that they had very poor um, gymnasium equipment at their hotel. Um, basically, it was a couple weights, and that was about it. 
Whereas, of course, the men were men's basketball was put up in a luxurious enough hotel that had an all equipment gym for them Oof. to use. Um, eventually, the outcry was changed, um, pushed actually by one of the Oregon ladies. Um, it's just they are so worried. They sit there and say they're all about the student athlete, but when it really boils down to it, and the NCAA is all about the almighty dollar and keeping them under their thumb, which is why a lot of the uh, student athletes have always came out with lawsuits against the NCAA, stating basically slave-like conditions. Oh, yeah, Um, dude. I mean, because think about it. They don't even have insurance. No. Something happens to them while they're playing, and it's on them and their families to take care of it. Yep. And that, that to me, is a big no-no. Something there needs to change. Right. Because, yeah. Uh, And unfortunately... There's been documentaries out with it, about it, and things like that. And, um, you know, a lot of these these kids, you know, they get promised these scholarships, and they can't even finish out their scholarships if they get hurt. Yeah. Because it's, um, despite... Rumors, it's not a full ride scholarship, not a guaranteed scholarship. Nope. It's a year by year scholarship and you have to basically make sure you make the team. You can't you can't have off the field issues, you can't get hurt. There's just a lot of things that go against you as a student athlete. Of course you can't have bad grades on top of that. Yeah. Or you can become ineligible, which also can affect your scholarship if you're ineligible. So they put a lot of pressure and basically expect them to cover any extra expensive costs by either family or what they will do as students is illegally under their guidelines, even though it's not really illegal, sell merchandise um, or do a couple autographs for a couple hundred dollars, which is just wrong. Yeah, it's, it's crazy the way they go about doing things. And I, I do think something needs to change mm-hmm. where the student can somewhat make money off of their likeness, even mm-hmm. if it means maybe putting it in a savings account or in or in stocks or crypto or something that, that later on they can decide, okay, well, I want to take this out. Whatever mm-hmm. you make doing what you're doing, and not only this, but think about it like this. It sets them up to be ready when they go into the NFL or, in, or they go into the NBA or they go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It sets them up to know how to to handle their money. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these athletes' problems mm-hmm. are they come from poor families. Right. And so they're stuck in that poor mindset. I got to get I gotta get this money right now. I got to get this money right now. I got to mm-hmm. get... Give this person this money. Give that person this money, and then by the time you give your mom, your your cousins, your you know, right. your whole family a piece, you're left with not a whole lot of it left. Right. So, and that's where we see problems with athletes down the road when they can't do anything. Or they're that's about why we them. always say we respect somebody, and we gave Connor McGregor a shout out today mm-hmm. because. Anyone that can they can take their money and take their likeness, take their fame and make something more of it after they're done with their sport. Right. That's pretty sweet. Yes, sir. So yeah, so um, I'm definitely against Mark Emmert being remaining president of the of uh, NCAA. 
the NCAA, and I'm actually behind. This has not been a theory at all. This is not a conspiracy theory of mine. This has actually been reported by legitimate sources within the sports world that all five power conferences have talked about with each other separating themselves from the NCAA and taking care of all this stuff on their own, especially when it comes to football. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see that happen at some point. That's not conspiracy theory. You can look it up. Our ESPN has articles. CBS Sports had articles. I'm sure you can find articles on Bleacher Report. You can find all the articles you want. You just do a quick Google search. Power 5 conferences separating from NCAA probably, and you'll find all sorts of articles. It's not a conspiracy theory of mine. I know I got some weird kind of conspiracy theories, and one we'll try to talk about Tuesday. But this one's a legit sourced one by a lot well, of people. I think a lot of it is too. Is a lot of these, a lot of these universities are being lowballed by the NCAA. That too. And uh, they're they're not making as much profit as they can for their schools mm-hmm. and things like that. Now, now, if if they screw up and start laundering money and doing all sorts of crazy, right. shady stuff. Then something needs to be said, and it needs to be brought back. But I think that, as far as that goes, if they want to go off on their own and say, "Hey, us as a university wants to 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 step out on our own and make our own dough," why not? Right. I mean, we've seen it done with Oregon and Nike. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, sir. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I. Really don't see. I don't see how the NCAA is gonna. I don't know. I they didn't get the detail. Oh, they didn't really oh, wait, have details. Wait, wait, wait. And then Florida and Gatorade. Yeah, Florida and Gatorade, I mean, of course, because go, yeah. Gatorade was created by the University of Florida Science Department. So it's gonna be. It's definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'd really be surprised if Emmert actually makes it through that contract. Um, obviously, we're not gonna know for a little while what the actual full details of the contract is. Because NCA is privatized, so they don't have to actually make that announcement yeah. until they do their until they provide their tax information. So we probably won't even hear that until next year, anyways. With the full actual contract, um, and we might only get to know some of the monetized. We won't even know the years. So that kind of does it for us on that little bit of a sour note. But it's just kind of something that just bothers me and bothers obviously Cooper, and we yeah. and for sure it bothers some of you too because we've seen. What it does to student athletes, especially because only one percent, actually less than one percent of all student athletes go professional in actual sports. They go professional in whatever their degree is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. If they're making money out their likeness, mm-hmm. they get injured. They have that money set aside yeah. to help pay for whatever's wrong. Yes, sir. You know, I think that you know they they should get some sort of state insurance, something, something that they, you know, because I'm telling you, dude, these kids are 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 worked, yeah, all the time from the time they're from the time they're little kids, they're worked. Yep, their their parents put them through all these different stages of football or basketball or baseball, and mm-hmm. you know sometimes. The parents take the money for the, you know, they take the cut for that injury. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something needs to be done if you're a student athlete to where it can be considered whether maybe you get state insurance or 
some sort of something the school will pick up some sort of percentage of whatever your bills are right so hopefully we'll hopefully whatever comes with this and nil uh, law that's been passed by i believe also north carolina has already passed one yeah. california i believe florida actually passed one but it just hasn't gone into effect yet and last i heard texas i believe was supposed to i think texas was actually supposed to vote on it last year and then the pandemic hit so they put that obviously on the back burner because it wasn't a high priority as it was just taking care of the state as a whole. And obviously Congress had to put it off too because of the pandemic last year. So that's not on their agenda. They're trying to keep the country going. So, because obviously, uh, despite how you may feel about our previous president and our current president, Mark Emmert is the most psychotic president I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> in a, that's saying a lot. Yeah, brother. that's saying a lot. Whatever you feel about Trump, whatever you feel about Biden, Mark Emmer is probably going down as the worst president probably since Enron. But I digress. So, we hope tonight you're enjoying the NFL draft if you're into the draft like we are, or football in general. If you're not, we hope you're enjoying whatever sport you're partaking in tonight that's available to you. Uh, we of course are going to be watching the draft and this will be airing this episode will be airing as soon as the draft is over we'll have it posted and ready to go for you so obviously you'll be hearing that part after the draft yeah. is over so I'm just letting you know ahead of time and we'll also make that announcement on our social media that this episode will be after that but we hope you enjoyed um, be sure to tune in Saturday of course we got wrestling talk Sunday we'll have baseball basketball talk and I give you my conspiracy so my conspiracy theory update on Tuesday to go along with the draft recap. Sounds good, brother. Yes, sir. So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports.